0: All right. Take your Bibles, if you would, and turn to the Book of Ephesians, chapter one. Ephesians, chapter one. And uh, if you were here for the members' meeting, we're actually dealing with a what is called a parallel passage of Scripture. Uh, that's two different places that talk about basically the same thing, and uh, we're going to start. Reading here, and um, in uh, verse 16, we're going to read down through the end of the chapter. It says, oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. Let's go verse 15. Wherefore, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love unto all the saints, cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. The eyes of your understanding being enlightened that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of Of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead, and set him at his own right hand in heaven, in the heavenly places, far above principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come, and hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body. The fullness of Him that filleth all in all. And as we read these verses tonight, this is Paul's prayer for the church at Ephesus. He, uh, in everything's just kind of gathering around Ephesus for uh, some reason, the last few. Uh, Lessons, but we've been dealing with in our Sunday school time the story of how Paul went to Ephesus, spent three years there. We touched on that uh, some this morning and certainly last week. And uh, as Paul is praying for this church, he says, there's some things that I am praying is going to happen in this church and uh and these are things that we ought to pray for these are things that we ought to ask the lord to do in in our midst and and it starts here in verse 17 he says that the god of our lord jesus christ the father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him now you have to be careful as you as you look uh at that phrase, because people uh, love to find hidden things, and that's what the book—that's what the word revelation means. It means something that is revealed. When we talk about revelation in the Word of God, we are talking about those things which God reveals to us that we would have no other way of knowing except for the fact that God took the time to give that information to us. We've often asked the question, just to help us focus, what would you know about God if you did not have this book called the Bible? What would you be able to know about God? Well, according to the Bible, uh, we could know that God exists according to uh, Romans chapter 1. It says that the invisible things of him from the creation are plainly seen I mean you no honest person can look up into the sky at night except in New York City where all the ground lights blot everything out but uh, I mean you look up into the sky uh, if you've ever been out in the country where you don't have all the uh, the ground lights blocking things out and I mean just look at the stars in the skies I mean, that's one of the things I like about where my mom lives is uh, when the lights go out, it is dark. I mean, there is nothing around. I, and you can, it just seems like you could almost reach up there and grab those stars. That tells us, uh, just looking at that, tells us that somebody, something bigger than us, had to put them there, amen? But Paul says that's not good enough. I want you to have the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Now, so you don't get mistaken and think I'm sounding like one of those televangelists that put your hand on the TV set and God will reveal things to you. Uh, The Bible, look at the words here. It says, in the knowledge of Him. God wants to give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, but that spirit, that understanding, that revelation, that wisdom is controlled. It has limits. It has barriers set up around it. Those That knowledge and that wisdom, that, that revelation that God wants you to have is going to tell you more about Jesus Christ. That's how you can tell the difference between false revelation and God's revelation. Every time I read a passage like this, I mean, the commercial is playing in my head right now. And uh, has anybody here ever heard of Ernest Angley? He's uh, uh, an evangelist. Well, I don't know what you would call him. He's a fraud is what he really is. Uh, he brought the Cathedral of Tomorrow in Akron, Ohio. Uh, he wears white taffeta suits. And so when the lights shine on him, he glows. And uh, he looks like a marshmallow. And uh, he, he really does. And But I can hear his voice. Uh, I don't know why my mom used to watch this thing, but he would say, When I was a little child, I had a vision, and God carried me up into the stars, and He told me that these were the souls that I would reach for Him. Now, that's how he started this program every night. Now, what does that spirit of revelation tell you? It tells you that, man, this Ernest Ainsley guy is somebody super duper special because God gave the same promise to Ernest Ainsley that He did to Moses. Only those were going to be all the souls that He would win. You know, I the Lord has enabled me to, to lead some people to Jesus Christ, but I've never saved one soul. Jesus has saved them all, and that's one of the reasons I know that Mister Ainsley is a fraud is because his spirit of revelation makes Mr. Angel look good, not Jesus. We need some wisdom today, amen? We need to have things revealed to us. How many times have you sat there and read something and maybe not even the Bible, you're, you're trying to figure out how to do something, in it, and you just sit there, and read the instructions, and read the instructions, and it doesn't make a lick of sense, and you just try and try and try, and it just turns to mud. And, and somebody has to come and show you how to do it to get it done. How many times have you read your Bible the same way? I mean, we just sit there, and, okay, we've got the words here, but what are they saying? That's what this is talking about. When God reveals things to us, He wants us to understand more about Jesus. Now, if you go to, um, I believe it, we're not going to go there, but Second uh, Peter chapter one, it talks about all of the things that God wants to give us through the knowledge of Jesus Christ, and there's only one place you're going to learn about Jesus Christ. And that's God's revelation right here. The only thing place you can learn anything about Jesus that's authoritative is if it's written down in this book called the Bible. And Paul, the first thing he prays, prays for this Ephesian church is that they would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation that those things would be given to this church that they would learn more about jesus because verse 18 the eyes of your understanding being enlightened now that's a good word for today you ever heard anybody talking about enlightenment Uh, usually when they talk about enlightenment they're talking about those who believe in multicultural curriculums and political correctness and and uh Uh, maybe uh, Zen Buddhism and these things like this. The Bible, enlightenment is a Bible word. But here is what enlightenment will give you if it's biblical enlightenment. Look what it says here. It says, "...the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And the third thing is, and what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward usward who believe according to the working of His mighty power. Now, there's three things here. That if you are enlightened, if you have that spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of Him, it is going to open your understanding. It is going to fill your being full of light, and that light is in these three things. The hope of His calling. How many of you were perfect Christians this past week? Now, my hand is going up just to show you what you should do if if you managed to do that this past week, but I didn't, all right? Uh, I'm not trying to tell you that I was a perfect Christian because I'd be lying, and that's not what Christians do, Amen. Not a one of us measured up to what Jesus wanted us to be this past week, but I got to hope that one of these days I am going to fulfill His calling. Why? Because He's the one that does the work. Amen. And one of these days I'm going to lay aside this rotten old sinful flesh. This mortality is going to be clothed in immortality. This immorality is going to be clothed in total morality in the person of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that we are going to be one with him in heaven. We're going to be seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That is the hope. Of my calling. Now, I say that and you know, I, I wish I could show you what I see up here. Uh, it would be scary sometimes. Uh, we, we hear those words, but do they mean what God wants them to mean to us? That God, is I mean, do we understand what, what He wants to do with us? There are passages in the Bible that says he wants to use us to show his glory. He he is going to take us one by one in eternity future and say, now I want you to look at the life of this person. Not one sin is going to be mentioned because they're all paid for on the cross. Amen. And he's going to say, now look what I did with this person. And everybody's going to go, oh, yay, what a wonderful person, right? Wrong. They're going to take one look and they're going to say, there's absolutely no way that guy could do anything except for the fact that Jesus did it through him. Glory be to God. Amen. That's the hope of our calling. That God would actually do something in our lives that will bring glory to him. Not only today, but through eternity. That is the hope of our calling. Got to get a hold of that. And if that doesn't put a smile on your face, there's absolutely nothing that will. I mean, that's why we need to go back to that spirit of wisdom and revelation. Because we need to get a hold and understand that that's what God wants to do in our lives. The next one here is that, ye may, uh, that uh, and what is the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints? Have you ever been discouraged in your ability to serve the Lord? Anybody like that out there? Am I the only one? You can hold up your hand on that one, okay we've all been discouraged now here's what you need to do when that happens you need to remember what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints is the riches of the glory of his Inheritance. Now, where is that inheritance? In the saints. The Bible says that we are joint heirs with Jesus Christ. That we are listed in God's testimony. If anything happens to Him, and it's never going to, amen, but He is going to give us All things the greatest thing that God has given us is the forgiveness of sins. We I'll tell you, I look at my life and I get I get discouraged. I just say, Lord, why? You know, you you need to get somebody who will really be a pastor in here at this church. And some of you say, well, we like you. Well, I'm glad you do. But, uh, I, I'm, uh, you know, I, I look and then I, I realize because what I'm doing is I am putting my attention on my shortcomings and my failures and I'm forgetting the riches of, his glory, of the glory of his inheritance. Do you know when you've sinned this week, that God didn't go. Come on! I tried to tell you over and over and over. And, how many of you ever had a parent do that to you? Hmm? Or a teacher, someone that's training you, just over and over again, say, "You've got to get this. What's wrong with you?" God doesn't do that. He knew every wrong. Thing you would ever do long before you were saved, long before you were born, before He spoke the least little spot of light into existence. God knew everything about you, and yet He sent His Son to pay the price for those sins. You see, it's the devil that loves to remind us of our sin. Now we've got to be careful. There's some real screwballs out there. And they'll tell you, well, Jesus paid for every sin on the cross, so just forget about it. Don't worry about it. You can just go on living and enjoy life and forget about it. God's taking care of it. That's not what the Scripture says. It says if we confess our sins, amen, that's the riches of the glory of His inheritance. He has made us. That's what the word justification means. Just as if I never sinned. God never gets tired of us bringing our sins to Him. He said that's the only place you're going to get it fixed. God's bank account never runs short. He never has to make an additional deposit. Cover the checks that he writes to forgive us the payment for our sins the riches of his glory the the riches of the um, I'm not reading it right here it says the riches of the glory of his inheritance takes care of everything and then verse 19 and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward uh, to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power. Now, this one, we're going to need to get a little bit of explanation on, and the Bible gives it in the next verse. But let's just stop here and talk about this power. You know, um, they, they love making movies about people who have power. America has a fascination with mafia people. I mean... The Dapper Don died of throat cancer in a prison in Springfield, Missouri. I used to drive past it every day on my way to work. So much for the Dapper Don. So much for all the power that he supposedly had. But there's a fascination in the hearts and minds of most people for someone that can say, "Off with his head!" and old Joey the Bull Gravano or whatever his name shows up and that's the end of him I mean people say wow Ooh. that's nothing that's absolutely nothing people spend their whole lives trying to get a little bit of power and prestige but what's it say here and what is the seeding greatness of his power toward, to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Now look at the next verse. This explains how that power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. How many of you remember Queen Elizabeth? They named the Elizabethan period after her. She was a very influential, one of the key figures in all of history. The things that happened in her reign are why England remained free from the slavery of the Catholic Church. Uh, During the defeat of the Spanish Armada and different things, I mean, all of modern history was set up in her reign. On her deathbed, they say her last words was another moment of life my kingdom for another day but it didn't do her any good because when it comes time to die there's nothing left my friend no one has power over death but god that's the exceeding great power. I remember, Brother Thompson was in a debate, was actually on a television show there in Cleveland years ago, and was with this atheist and uh the atheist was debating, and he had written some book I think he called it the x-rated Bible and how the Bible wasn't fit to be read, certain passages of it in in public and all of this, and it, just a dirty minded rotten old man trying to make a few bucks by blaspheming God. And I I never will forget what Brother Thompson said to him. Uh, The man had promised, he said, I'll I'll promise anyone, any pastor, uh, what was it, $10,000 or something for for the charity of his choice if he'll read these passages in a service in his church. Pastor Thompson said, hey, no problem. Got up, read him, uh, sent him a tape of the message. And the guy, of course, you know, being the great man that he was, backed out on the deal. And the television host was saying, you really owe him the money. Uh, Why don't you give him the money? And, and of course, he wouldn't. and, And Brother Thompson never expected it. But he said at the end, he said, I got that guy off the camera and off the stage. And he says, you know, he says, I want you to call me when you get ready to die he said I'd like to be there I want to see what your atheism does for you when it comes time to die says you think about that and uh, now of course I don't do it like brother Thompson did I mean you could only imagine how rough I mean I'll bet that guy had nightmares Uh, After Brother Thompson was done with him. Hope he did. Amen. Maybe shake him up enough to get rid of his atheism. But that's the power of God. That when we stand at death's door. God is still working. He hasn't given up. He's already raised Jesus from the dead. And he'll do the same for us. That is the exceeding greatness of His power. I'm getting out of life alive. Amen? If you're saved here today, you have that promise. It says, which He wrought in Christ when He raised Him up from the dead and set Him at His own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion in every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in the world to come. Jesus made a statement. I, I, we have quoted often here because it's important. It applies to us today. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, he said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Stop and think about that. The devil has great power. Does he not? He seduces the world every day. We have stories. Well, Rwanda, just a few years ago, was it somewhere in the neighborhood of 2 million people murdered in Rwanda? Genocide. Sudan, it's been going on for the last 25 years. They've been just taking people who refuse to become part of the religion of Islam and push them out in the desert and say, if you want something to drink, if you want something to eat, then you become Islamic and everything will be fine been going on for for 25 years. You think anybody's going to stop that? One day Jesus says amen. You see, the devil cannot touch you when you give your life to Jesus Christ. There has not been one person who has ever put their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that has ever lost their salvation because it's paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. That's what it's talking. It says it said him talking about Jesus far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named. There's absolutely nothing. This is how the power of God worked mightily in Jesus' life, and it will work the same way in your life, not elevating you above every name, but keeping you safe from every dominion and every power and everything that is out there. I am safe in the protection of the Lord Jesus Christ. And it all comes when we simply trust in Him. Just to... Two more verses, and then we're done. It says, and hath put all things under his feet. Now, these this is how that spirit of knowledge and, and of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him works in our life. It is through the hope of his calling, the riches of his glory, and the exceeding greatness of his power. And this is what... God has done in His power in Jesus Christ, it says, And hath put all things under His feet, and gave Him to be head over all things to the church, which is His body. Now get this last phrase here. This is absolutely incredible. The fullness of Him that filleth all in all the fullness of him that filleth all in all is the body, the church. Everyone, today there are just so many things out there in Christianity where we're going to help the church along and the church isn't doing its job, so we've started our organization here and we're trying to to do this and fill in where the church is messed up well uh, you ought to just ask yourself the question if the church isn't doing what Jesus told the church to do maybe it not Jesus's church after all. That'd solve a lot of problems now wouldn't it? and that's the truth of the matter but the real church of Jesus Christ is His body and He is using that church to show the world who He is. Somebody might say, well, the world's not listening very well. Hey, that's not the goal. The goal is to be the fullness of Him that filleth all in all, to be His messenger. In the book of John, it says, as He is, so are we in the world. We are the witnesses of Jesus Christ. We are the servants of the Lord. We are to do what the Lord Jesus Christ would do the same way. If you're healthy, your brain controls your body and tells it what to do, and you're able to sit up straight, and you're able to... Uh, to feed yourself and clothe yourself and take care of yourself and, and uh, have gainful employment and pay your bills and... but we talked about Jean Stong there was a disconnect no one knows how that Lou Gehrig's disease works but she spent the last 18 years laying in a bed on a respirator her only means of communication was blinking her eyelids. And the nurse's aide was trained there and they would spell things out. Jean was a doctor in special education. Had a PhD in training children with special education problems. Worked with John Hopkins University. I mean she was uh, as far up in her profession of education as you could possibly go and there she was, trapped in a body, only being able to communicate by blinking her eyelids back and forth. That's what happens when the body's not working. Praise God, Jesus' body always works. Amen? It, it doesn't have those problems. He wants His church to be the fullness of His presence in this world. What a responsibility to take the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ to the world in which we live. And yet, He's enabled us to do that. It's what we do naturally because as a church, we're His body. And we serve Him. And that's where all of these things take place. Paul's prayer Church, I want you to have that spirit of wisdom and revelation. But that spirit is confined to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Nowhere else. It's not going to give you premonitions of what stock market's doing. It's not going to tell you how to, uh, that somebody is trying to hurt you or somebody is going to do anything. Hey, we don't have to worry about that anymore. If the devil can't bother you, who else can? Amen. Oh, I mean, they can try, but you just have to remember, hey, I have the hope of His calling that I'm going to be serving Jesus Christ. The riches of the glory of His, of his inheritance in the saints, the cleansing of all sin, the greatness of His power, death, devil, and any destruction known to mankind cannot touch or interfere with the power of God. And we are here to reveal to the world the fullness of Him that filleth all in all. What a prayer. My prayer is that that would be true of Open Door Bible Baptist Church. Amen? And that would be true of each one of us here that we would have that power working in our hearts and lives. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before You and we thank You for these wonderful truths that are just right here in Your Word. We ask You to do Your work in each heart and in each life. And before we finish that prayer, if you'd like to come and spend a few moments in a Old-fashioned altar, just in prayer to the Lord. You may step out of your seat. or You can pray right where you are, but this is the time we give you to act upon that which was preached. If you need to come, we'll just be a few moments.